Dear Father in heaven, as we come before thee, we ask, dear Father, that thou would be glorified in our midst. Thy name would be lifted up, even as we recount the events that have happened, as we think on the, the lives that have ended this past year, the lives that have begun, dear Father, we live and move and have our being in thee. Dear Father, help us. Help us to understand the purpose, the role, the responsibility, what we've been given, dear Father, this, at this moment, at this time, this particular season, to do, to be faithful children, to carry out. Lord Jesus, that, that's the desire of our hearts, to be followers of thine. We are weak, dear Father, but we know that as we submit to thy word, as we open this treasure, as the spirit that is within us stirs up our hearts, dear Father, stirs us up, things happen that honor thee and glorify thee. And that's our desire this morning hour. That's our desire every moment, dear Father, to live and abide and walk in thy spirit. We pray that he would be present here this morning. He would convict. He would encourage. He would do his marvelous work that we delight in. Dear Father, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. It has been some time uh, since I've been in your midst and been an absence from the pulpit due to illness, and we thank the Lord that we're, we're uh, fully recovered. Um, I didn't extend, I forgot to extend greetings for my wife. She's now uh, been admitted for um, the final few weeks of our, her pregnancy. She's been admitted to hospital. She's doing well, but as you know, the pregnancy is high risk, so I, so I would ask her, I would ask that you would continue to keep her in prayer in the final four to six weeks, two to four weeks, something like that. I'm not sure exactly. But since the last time I was at this pulpit, um, going through the book of Ephesians, I'd also like to turn and continue in the book of Ephesians. And it so happens that the, the passage that is before us, Ephesians 5, verse 15, is particularly appropriate, I think, for this, the first Sunday of the year. Ephesians 5, verse 15. Just, just a few verses, 15 to 21. These words are always appropriate, but especially as an as a old year ends and a new one begins, this is a natural time. It's, it's, a, it's a right time to take stock, to look at what happened this past year what the Lord may bring our way in, in 2022, and whether we are really living in his will and doing what he asks. So Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15. <clears throat> See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves 
one to another in the fear of God. I've read to verse 21. May God bless the reading of his word. Let's kneel to pray. Let's all bow down in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we have sung this morning, Lord, again, the sun is risen. It is risen not only on this day, the 2nd of January, but it is risen on a new year for all of us, the first Sunday of the year where we come together to worship Thee. And as we have read and heard of all the things that have transpired, the major events in our congregation, nothing was a surprise to thee, the living God. Nothing was there that took you aback, Lord. But you know our every move, you know our every thought, you know our every future move. You are the omniscient, omnipotent, majestic, sovereign Lord in the heavens. And we come before thee because we don't know what lies ahead of us this coming year. We don't know what will befall us. We don't know what joys or sadnesses we will face. But we do, Father, pray that you will be with us and that's all that matters for us. That you are with us and wherever we go or whatever we experience or whatever happens, we know that we are in your care, in your custody, in your hands. And so Father, help us especially for those that do not have that assurance, especially for those that have not yet, as we have read this morning, submitted, not only to the authorities that you have placed in our lives and the brothers and sisters you have placed in our lives, but to thee, the living God, for in so doing, we are in your will as we defer to the one who knows, to the one who understands, to the one that can make things happen and change things and provide for every need. Help us, Lord, to go into this new year with this spirit of dependence on you that as man has sought to become independent of God from the beginning, that we would seek to become dependent more and more so on thee, the living God. Father, we thank thee for this time together that you provided for us, that we could gather those small in number, yet you promised whether two or three are gathered in your name, you will be there with us in our midst. So Father in heaven, be with us as we will listen to your word this morning. God, utterance unto our, your brother as he would speak it. 
Grant open minds and hearts to be willing recipients of your word. And then obedience and submission to it, to practice it, to fulfill it in our own lives. Oh, Father, as we have seen, many illnesses have befallen us, your children, and everyone that is affected by this pandemic. Many are still suffering on sick beds and respirators and ICU units. We don't know what the end will be, but we trust that, Lord, you are with them and that your will will be done. We plead for them, for their healing, for the recovery. And we, we pray that in all of this, that they will be drawn closer to you and that we would be drawn closer to you also. That we be reminded that we are but flesh, we are but dust, we are so frail as humans, and our life is in your hands. Father, we pray for the recovery of Sister Olga Ordog as she continues to persevere with the disease that has encumbered her these many years. We pray that you would heal her and completely give a recovery from, from it so that she can freely serve you with all her might, with all her mind and all her soul. There are many, O oh Lord, that we have prayed for throughout this year. Those that have suffered much. Just recently, a dear sister Monica with her triple bypass, with sister Olga Vukov, with sister Kara Freeman, with sister Sue Bilek and sister Liv Bilek, and all those that are suffering diseases that the doctors of this world consider terminal. We pray for them, for brother Peter Vrankovic. We pray for all your people that are crying out to you for help because you are the great physician. Father, we pray for the aged, the shut-in, the isolated, those that are going towards the sunset of their lives. We pray that you would be with them, comfort them, strengthen them. May they feel your safety, your security, your nearness. And may they glorify your name as they have this far on this earth. We pray for the unconverted, Lord. We pray that this will be a new year where they can really consider the path that they are taking. That they would see the need for a saviour. Because this world is catapulting to destruction. As sophisticated and as high tech we may think we are. We have been brought to our knees by this pandemic. As you have done so many times in the past. Help us to learn from history. Father, be with us, be with each and every one of your children. May we feel your presence 
And may we, for all that you have done for us and provided for us, and let us thus far give you the glory, the praise, and adoration. We commend all things now to your care and keeping and this service as well, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Twenty twenty one has passed. It's over. A new year is before us. Each one of us in this room were given this past year. We're given the same amount of time. We're given an allotted time. We don't know whether each one in this room will be given all of 2022 or whether you'll just be given a portion of the year. The Lord laid on my heart as I read this passage the words, the time, redeeming the time. That means an allotted time, a particular time, a portion of time. You may go, well, what's the deal with the old year ending and a new year beginning? It's just another Sunday. It's just another month that rolls by. There is nothing special in particular about January the 1st as opposed to December the 31st. But it is the passage of time. Time has continued on. One portion of time has come to an end. 2021, that, that year of 365 days that you were given by the Lord, the one who sustained your life and breath, is over. What have you done with it? What have I done with that this past year? Have I redeemed the time? We're asked, we're commanded in this first verse here that we read that we walk circumspectly or carefully. And when I think about that word circumspectly, I think it means to really look around. Circum, when you say you circum, you have the circumference, that means the, 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 the circle, um, the perimeter of a circle or a uh, when you circumnavigate the earth, you go around the earth. To be walked circumspectly is to look around you, to look completely around you, not to be focused on one little thing or the thing that's right in front of you, what's occupying all of your attention, but to, to, to have the, the big picture so that you can be careful. And this is a time where you need to look at the big picture, where I need to look at the big picture of what God has given us and what we're doing with it. We're asked, <clears throat> we're commanded to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And I think we would all like to be wise, like to do the right thing, the, the wise thing, the thing that we know is, is good and true. But this next verse, this, this one that, I, that drew my attention is the real test of that. Am I redeeming the time? That's the mark of wisdom. I look at my life and in so many ways I fall short of this mark of verse 16 redeeming the time I fall short of God's plan for me I've always had a 
a problem with procrastination, of, 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 of not doing the thing that I ought to do in favor of the thing that I want to do. That's really what procrastination is, putting off. It's an inherent weakness of mind. It's not an excuse, but it's maybe, I think a lot of us can identify with that. The Lord has been very gracious with me and very long-suffering with me to control the circumstances sometimes and, and organize them, arrange them in such a way that I, he helps me and guides me to do the right thing at the right time. And I thank him so much for that. He's been so gracious. But the real test of wisdom, the real test of whether I've learned is what I do with complete freedom. When I have no external constraints, when there's nothing pressing, now I have a choice. What am I going to do with what's being given me? The opportunity and the time. Am I going to take that time and use it for something in the end that is not going to matter at all? That is not going to be worth anything? Or am I going to redeem that time? Am I going to use that time for God's honor and for his glory? That's the, 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 the real wisdom, the, the wisdom that I desire and I know the Lord is, is developing in each one of us. You may think we're we're not too bad and we're not acting foolishly like someone else, but really what is the mark of what I'm doing with the freedom and the time that has been given to me? Am I redeeming it? You know, this word of the time, as I alluded to, is uh, it's an allotted, it's a particular amount. You know, it's that same word is translated elsewhere, I think in Galatians, as opportunity. As, ye, as we have therefore opportunity, the same word, as we have therefore the time, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. An opportunity. The Lord has placed so many opportunities in front of us. He doesn't force. He doesn't, uh, he's so gracious in so many ways, but he never uh, uh, compels us to do good. The opportunity has presented us. He helps so many ways. His spirit prods so many ways. There is uh, uh, fortuitous, there's providential circumstances that open up that, that remind us someone calls us or whatever. But he never forces us to do good, to redeem that time that's been given to us. The choice, it's there before us. The decisions we make, are they to preserve the life that we have been given, the the whatever uh, physical things we've been given, or are they to invest in the eternal opportunities, the eternal investment opportunities that have been given to us? That is the definition of redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Need we say more about that? 2021. Think of the events, the world events that have happened, the, 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 the trend, the direction of society, the darkness that is growing darker because the days are evil. We know that. Anyone who, who has eyes to see knows that the days are evil. The time is getting short. Therefore, we ought to redeem that time. Who knows how much longer we will have the opportunity to... to to hear this gospel, to preach this gospel freely, unhindered, in this country without persecution. Doesn't that 
lend a little urgency to our efforts to live for the Lord, to, to share the gospel with other people, it may be a lot more difficult to do that this year or the year following or however many more come closely on it. Given that, what should we be doing in 2022? The days are evil, they're getting more evil. I don't think this ought to instill any sort of panic in us or desperation. No, but when you look at the whole tenor of Scripture, when you look at the, all of, uh, you look at the parables that Christ shares and, and the, 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 the urging of the, of the gospel writers, of the, the, the apostles, you realize, no, it's just time to get to work. Not to be panic-stricken and run around and, oh, hunker down, we got to... Uh, get more canned goods in our fruit, fruit cellar and um, store up and, and, and withdraw. No. It's time to redeem what we have, the, the goods we've been given, the time we've been given, the opportunities, the relationships we've been given to do good while there is opportunity. I think that is what he means by this following verse here. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is not some dark, inscrutable thing, something that's hard for me to figure out, some mysterious puzzle. It's really clear. It's really straightforward. I think each one of us, each one of us who are his servants, knows what the will of the Lord is. In case we have trouble doing that, let's, let's look to an illustration. You know, we're reading the book of Ephesians here. I was reminded as I read this passage of Apostle Paul's address to the elders in Ephesus, his last, his final message to them in Acts 20. The final words, he, he, he was convicted. He, he realized that this, the Holy Spirit was saying that I'm not going to see you anymore. And he had some final words for them. And really, it's, it's a good summary of how he redeemed the time in those three years he had in Ephesus. if you want to get an idea of what the will of the Lord is, what Apostle Paul saw as the will of the Lord in those three years he had there working among them, just read through this passage in Acts 20. Verse 18, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been, you, been with you at all seasons, at all times, throughout the whole time that I was with you here, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations. Verse 20, I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. Apostle Paul redeemed the time by preaching the gospel, the simple gospel. I remember as a young teenager, I don't know, 13, 14, the first counseling session I ever had with Brother Edmund, I think it was, in, in Juniata camp one night after the inspiration hour, and he just quoted this verse to me. This is what the gospel is, repentance toward God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And 
Paul preached that everywhere. He preached it publicly. He preached it from house to house. He focused, he kept his focus on that simple truth. He didn't get distracted and off in the weeds with genealogies and, and, and a fine, um, abstruse theological points. It was a simple, powerful, effective gospel that was complete. He kept back nothing in his preaching. The things that were hard to hear, the things that they needed to hear, as, as we'll read in, these, in this passage here, he focused on the gospel. This is how he redeemed those three years, that time, that limited window of opportunity he had. Are we going to do that in 2022? Are we going to preach the gospel to those that need to hear it publicly, in public places, to those that need to hear it, to those of our friends we meet in the public square in the sense of whether it's school or work? I ask that of myself and privately from house to house. Am I going to be looking for those opportunities to speak the truth, first of all, and then as he, as he, as he shows here, to live it, to, to live that example? That's how he redeemed the time. He redeemed the time by feeding the flock. As he warns the elders about, take heed therefore to yourselves, to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his blood. Um, Verse 31, therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. I don't think this was to the unbelievers. I think he did preach the gospel clearly to the unbelievers and he did publicly uh, dispute and, and, and defend the gospel, but this was to the believers. This was to the flock that he warned them night and day with tears, with passion. With conviction, he fed the flock. This is how he redeemed the time. What's my attitude towards the flock, my fellow brothers and sisters? The time that we have with one another, that this coming year may be the last for some of our brothers and sisters, may be the last for me. How am I going to redeem that time to encourage, to exhort, to warn? The last thing I see here, how he redeemed the time, was the example that he lived. And he says, particularly, I've coveted no man's silver, gold, or peril. Ye yourselves know, verse 34, that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you in all things how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. He spent three years working actually physically working, when he could have maybe said, no, no, it's more important for me to, to just focus on um, the preaching and, and the, the spiritual work. Um, I don't have time to, to do the, the physical work. He worked as a tent maker. I'm, I'm just going to focus on that. Someone else will support me. He says in other scriptures that that is an all right thing to do, but he didn't. He didn't do that. He actually spent some of those three years physically working so that he could demonstrate to others the truth of Jesus, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's how he redeemed the time. Are we going to do that in 2022, or are we just going to build up the bank account a little bit bigger? Put up the money that, uh, that may come in and save it for some future use or for something I have planned down the road and not redeem it here and now in 2022 for God's purposes, for his 
his glory, to show, to support the weak, those that, that may otherwise perish. No one can be taken out of God's hand. No one can be lost unless they choose to depart from his hand. God's grace and his power is sufficient. But how could the Lord be desiring to use me to help some weak individual this year, to help them along that road? Oh, that's a question I need to really consider closely for myself this year. Am I going to redeem that time, that opportunity that the Lord is given me, will give me, as I come in contact with different people this year, to redeem that time? Apostle Paul clearly said that. He didn't say that in a boasting way. He said that as a reminder to these elders, Ephesian elders, before he left them, never to see them again. And they knew that. They, they sorrowed. And as I think I reflect on that, I think this was a faithful and wise servant. This was the one the Lord referred to in uh, Luke, Luke 12, which is another, if you read that whole chapter, that's an excellent parallel to the, to this, the main text of what we read here. where he begins with the parable of, I, I don't know if it's right at the beginning of the, of the chapter, but he, he talks about the foolish rich man, the, the one who said, I have many goods laid up for many years. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns, and, and life's going to be good. And God said to him, you fool, this night your soul will be required of you. The time is up. No more time. There's nothing left to redeem. What do you have to show for it now? That was the parable that he, he, uh, he began, the part of the, I don't think he began the chapter with, but near the beginning. Uh, verse 16, all the way in verse 16, sorry. But then he continues on and, 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 and reminds them to lay up treasures in heaven and not on the earth. Seek not what you shall eat, what you shall drink, Neither be of doubtful mind. Seek the kingdom of God. All these things shall be added unto you. Sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old. Verse 33. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And then he goes into this parable that, that this is what I alluded to about servants watching for their Lord, returning from a wedding. Faithful servants, they don't know when he's coming back. It's gonna be nine o'clock at night. Is it gonna be midnight? Is it gonna be three in the morning? But when he comes back, he's their Lord. He is expecting that his dwelling place, they'll open the doors to him. They'll provide what he needs. I assume he'll have his, his bride with him. And those faithful servants Peter asked, is it, well, this, this parable that you just told us, is that for us or is it for everyone? And I love the way the Lord answers it. He doesn't, doesn't come right out and say one or the other. He just said, verse 42, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season at the right time? Same word here as what we read, redeeming the time in due season. Who then 
And what's implied in this is that the invitation is for all. Who of us? Which one is going to be faithful and wise? The invitation is for all of us to respond to. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Because we have a choice. Now that we've decided, now that we are his servants, we have a choice whether we are going to prepare, if you keep on going down in this chapter, or we're going to make excuses. My Lord delays his coming. I'm going to take it easy. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to prepare yet. I'm going to procrastinate. I'm going to push off. Maybe I have another year. I'm going to do this eventually, maybe in 2023. The Lord of that servant will come. Verse 45 here. But and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the men servants and maiden servants, to eat and drink and to be drunken, just do the things that he wants to do, make it easy for himself, have a good time, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him and sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. No more servant, no more part of the household. You're out. And that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself. This goes back to where we were reading, understanding what the will of the Lord is. I think we all know what the will of the Lord is. I think we all, if we open our eyes, it's not some dark, inscrutable thing. It's clear. It's before us. Are we going to prepare? Are we going to do it? This servant knew what the Lord's will was, and he prepared not himself. Let's not be unwise. Let's understand what the will of the Lord is. And he goes on, and I think he helps us maybe to understand a little bit more of what this is now. What is the will of the Lord? It's not this foolish drunkenness that may have happened on New Year's Eve. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess. And you think about why people do that. I think it's, it's to, it's particularly at New Year's, I think it's to give themselves a sense of hope. Oh, 2022 is going to be better. It's, it's to encourage that false conviviality, that false uh, um, togetherness. Oh, we're all in this together. We're having a good time. Let's celebrate a little bit. Let's, oh, the 2021 was bad, but 2022, there, there will be some hope. And it's false. It's vain. It's weak. And the alcohol and, and all the excess just masks that. And you're left on the first day of the year with a hangover with emptiness and the contrast to that for the believer for the one who knows all of 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 what was laid out in the first chapters of ephesians the promises the power of god his his purpose his plan for us in the church no no what we have instead is the spirit to be filled with to be uh, not uh suppressed and 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 um have our senses dulled with alcohol, but to have our, all of our senses heightened, all of our personality uh, uh, sharpened, all of our experiences um, made more real and more alive in the truest sense through the Spirit, living through the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. That's what we have the opportunity instead of this, this drunken excess of the world. And he gives some examples here where coming close to the end of the passage here, but he gives three examples here of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. And uh, 
Let's just think about those a little bit before we close. The first one here. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I think that's significant. The first example he gives of being filled with the Spirit is with spiritual music. Is it just an optional thing that we do? Is just something that I'm really thankful that this morning it was, you know, tentative. We we we. Uh, just a few people, maybe we could just forgo the song. I'm thankful we sang that song, and it was a blessing. That as we praised God and when we acknowledged Him as the giver of this day, the one who deserves everything, something happened. The Spirit began to fill more. We became more aware and open to Him as we sang that song, as we were filled, as we spoke to ourselves within our hearts. I mean, you could have just gone through the motions. You could have just sang those words and, oh, it's a nice tune. But no, 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 that's not what Paul is talking about here. That is not the working of the Spirit. The working of the Spirit is making melody in your heart to the Lord. When that happens, that is a work of the Spirit. I appreciate even how he lists psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to give us this idea that there is a, there is a variety here, that there is a, a range, there is all manner of, of spiritual expression, of being filled with the Spirit, but the underlying thing is it has to be in our heart and to the Lord. Not a placebo, something I just, I'm going to put on some music that's going to make me feel good a certain way, my comfort music, no. This is something that I am doing to the Lord. And it's coupled with this next example of he gives of how we are filled with the Spirit, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always for all things. We have had some opportunities um, in the last while with illness and with the challenges with pregnancy and, and um, being stretched to test this verse. Are we going to be thankful for all things? Doesn't, Apostle Paul didn't say, be thankful for the good things. He said, be thankful for all things. You know, part of me used to think when life was, was easier in some ways, that it's a bit of wishful thinking. You know, when difficulty comes along, you just kind of give it some wishful thinking and, and somehow we'll, we'll, we'll get through it. And, and But to be really thankful in those circumstances, that is being filled with the Spirit. And to come to that place again after, Lord knows, grumbling, after shortness of temper, after uh, 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 worries and, and fretting of, oh, what's going to happen? Is this going to turn worse? How, the, how is the Lord going to use this to be thankful in that moment? I think that only comes from the realization of that I started from nothing anyway. Everything the Lord gave me was a gift. Job said, naked came I from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve a certain set of circumstances that will con then conduce and allow me to, be, to praise the Lord and, and give him thanks. I don't deserve anything. I deserve nothing. And from that place, 
I can be thankful and say, Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this experience. I see in it, you're working. That's enough for me. Now I can give thanks because I know that I actually have everything that I need in the Lord Jesus. I can do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I can give thanks because all of what I've received in him, even in illness, even in loss, even in questions of what is gonna happen. Giving thanks for all things. Are we gonna do that as the Lord brings us challenges in 2022? Have we done that in 2021? Take stock. Have I been thankful in all things? The last thing he gives here as example of being filled with the Spirit is what my brothers alluded to before, that dirty word in today's culture, submission. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And I think this one, if sometimes if we think I'm, I'm praising the Lord and, and I'm being filled with, with spiritual music and I'm, I'm thankful at this moment, this one can be a test, a real test of submitting to one to another in the fear of the Lord. Am I really filled with the Spirit? I think the, the Apostle Paul, from this point, he, if you look through the rest of the epistle, he spends the majority of it, I think, on this topic, really, submitting yourselves one to another in the, in the fear of the Lord. He talks about marriage and children and servants and masters. This is a test, and I think we will have an opportunity to be exercised this way too in 2022. We're gonna to submit to one another in the fear of the Lord. And in so doing, be filled with the Spirit. And in so doing, be wise, understand what the will of the Lord. And in so doing, redeem the time in 2022. May the Lord grant us that clarity to be those faithful and wise servants, to do as he's given us with the limited time that he's given us. And in so doing, to bring honor and glory to his name. May the Lord add anything that was lacking.